Hello, and welcome to the Gestalt IT On-Premise IT Roundtable, the only podcast that dares to be both on topic and on location. My name is Tom Hollingsworth, and I'm a network analyst here at Gestalt IT. We've got a great topic that we'd like to discuss today with some of IT's greatest luminaries. Uh, I'd like to take a moment for them to introduce themselves, and then we'll get right to today's premise. Well, I'm uh, Brian Gleason. My uh, Twitter handle is at Bytes of Cloud. Um, that's B-Y-T-E-S, so you can reach me there. Nick Shoemaker, Twitter handle is at nshu18. And Matt Hato, Twitter handle is at Matt Hato. All right. Thank you very much for joining us today. I'd like to jump into today's premise for the podcast, which is resellers are useless. Almost everyone who's worked in IT in some point has either worked for or interacted with some kind of reseller, typically referred to as a value-added reseller or a VAR. Uh, these are companies that work with product manufacturers to facilitate things like installation services or professional services or things like that. Um, there are some people in the industry who have very strong opinions about the actual value that is added by resellers. Um, some have even gone as far as to say that resellers should basically just kind of go away and we should go to a direct sales model and the whole world will be a much better place. So I've collected a group of folks here today to talk about this and I'd like to kind of throw this question out to the panel. Do you think there is any value in a reselling company? I think it depends. I think it depends on the, uh, on the relationship of the, of the VAR with who they're selling to. Um, I've had experiences being on the, on the customer side, I've had experiences where um, when, when I've got a project that I'm running, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the technology, it's good to have a good relationship with, um, with the people who do it day in, day out. Um, I think it's a, it, it can get you moving in, in your own career. There's some, there's some certain benefits there. So kind of what you're saying is, is if you find yourself in over your head, you can kind of pinch hit with somebody who, who gets it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and those are—I think that's a—that's a good way to use a VAR. That's a good way to use a, a reseller. Um, so, uh, Nick, what do you think about that? Do you have, do you ever think that a customer could find themselves in a situation where they have no clue what they're installing, and it's up to me as a reseller to say, "I know how to do that because I've been trained." So, and I'll to be transparent, I've always been a VAR. I've never been customer side or anything, so I'm kind of. Okay. Got a little skin in the game on it, I guess. <laughs> That's but, fair. <laughs> but, um, I mean, what I look at from the VAR side is, like you said, uh, a manufacturer knows what they know, right? So their products. Well, how many times are we into the to customer? I mean, it's not all Cisco-centric. It's not all Aruba-centric or whatever. You, you have to know how all of these tie together. And I think that's where a VAR comes in because you do have those guys that have those specialties. You've got your data center guys that can handle that. You've got you know NSX guys. You've got wireless guys. That, but they kind of and they know multiple, so it's not Cisco centric or you know Juniper or whoever. You can you get a wider range of, of knowledge in a VAR. So it's almost kind of like a like the medical field where I can go to a general practitioner doctor if I just have a few things that I want to look at. But boy, when I've got a foot problem, I need a podiatrist yes. because he is the best or she is the best doctor to take care of that problem because all they deal with all day long is foot problems. Absolutely. Well, then I need to argue that they've got, uh, at least from the customer side, uh, Avara is going to have more uh, resources to, to leverage. They've got um, inroads with, I don't know, certain account teams or whatnot with, uh, with Cisco or whoever they would be, uh, you know, they, uh, they would sell. 
So they've got, uh, they've got different resources that I don't necessarily have. So let's, let's actually dive into that topic for just a minute because that is one thing that typically comes up when we hear this discussion online is a reseller has a better relationship with the vendor than the customer does. Why is that? Because as the customer, I'm giving them money. Like I'm literally signing checks and handing them $100 bills. You would think that I would have the best relationship possible being the person that is keeping them in business. Why would a reseller have a better relationship? I think it depends on the reseller and how they leverage their relationship with the partners. So I understand the, you know, the sentiment behind the premise of all resellers are useless, that in, that in theory, the less middlemen, the better. You know, why would I even bother going through, let's just assume all I want is to buy the hardware or the mm -hmm. software or whatever it is. You know, forget the implementation services, the managed services, I just want to buy a box. Um, in that case, why would I bother with this middleman? And to that point, I'd say that some resellers are useless. Um, on the other side of the fence, you know, if I want to buy insurance, I don't feel like dealing with every, <clears throat> excuse me, every single insurance uh, company out there. I want to go to a broker who knows what they're doing, and you know, they can present me with a certain number of options. And I see it as a similar kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. So in order to do that, you have to have good relationships with the vendors, and you also need to know how to play the game because there's discount programs and there's this program and that program and this incentive. And there's no way that on the customer side, I'm going to know the ins and outs on how to maximize all of those incentives. So you really do need that additional layer the way that the industry is currently set up. Okay, that's pretty fair. So kind of if your job is to specialize in figuring out how to work with the intricacies of a vendor support or vendor sales model, you know better how to squeeze blood out of that turnip than a customer who only comes around every three or four years to buy some kit and you know things have changed since then. Yeah. And, and a lot of this is focused on the technical side of it because obviously we're technical people so we have to do things like deal with support calls and have access to internal documentation and things like that. But a lot of the arguments that I hear against the reseller model come from the seller part, from the sales arm. Why would I want to listen to a, an account manager come try to pitch me on something and you are literally taking money from me and giving it to somebody else and taking a thin slice off the top for yourself? Why, do that, why does that person need to exist? Why can't it be solely focused on the technical aspects of things? Well, that's kind of a tough question because I've, I've had, again, good relationships with, with some and, and then there are others. And I think, I think what, I, what I've found, in, at least in, in my side, is that when, when I've got a good relationship with that, with that sales guy, um, there's, there's one thing that always stood out and, and it was the sales guy um, has taken the time to know what my business is and, and how traffic is supposed to flow. And he's, he's got an idea on the services that he can offer that would actually maximize um, uh, you know his value to me. Um, the times where I've had just uh, where I would say a var is is absolutely useless is when they don't know and they just hey how much can I sell you, and that is just that's a horrible experience and I have honestly very little time for that kind of thing with with that. Yeah, so kind of like Matt said, yeah. they spent a lot of time figuring out the intricacies right. of not only the vendor side but you as an important customer to say. I know you need this service and you may not be aware of it, so let me introduce this as a possibility for you to buy. Right. So they're, they're kind of keeping an eye out for you. Yeah, and, and you'd actually ask the question, uh, um, why is it that I have a better relationship with a, with a VAR than I do with the, with the, with the 
with actually the manufacturer. Um, his job is to manufacture. It's not really to, to come to know my business. Fair. Um, right? Cisco knows you need a switch. Arista knows you need a switch and a router, and you need these things. And that's not I'm, his job. I'm a baker. I bake bread. I, I, I don't care about making sandwiches. That's right. somebody else's somebody job. Else. And, I, and I think to that point, too, I mean, it, with the complexity of things now, I keep hearing over and over just licensing is stupid. Nobody understands it. I can't figure <laughs> out how do I license right. this? How do I, yeah. how do I keep track of my life cycle? And that's where a VAR can come in to help with, okay, we'll take care of that. This is what you need. This is what you'll get out of it. We'll deal with all the back end, how it works, why it works, all that. You know, we'll handle that. I mean, there's a lot of VARs out there that do those, the licensing, the life cycle stuff, so that the customer doesn't have to worry about that. That's the value add, right? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. The value add is, is saving my time, exactly. in essence. And you asked, Tom, what, you know, what does the account manager do? And I kind of asked that same question myself when I was on the delivery <laughs> side because, mm -hmm. I mean, they drink and play golf, right? We all know that's Walking what they do. Walking credit cards. Um, and just full disclosure, I work for a reseller right now and I yeah. have for, for many years. Uh, but even then, I, I had no idea what they did. You know, what are you, what are you doing? And in my current role, I, I have... I have actually seen a lot more value there because they know how to play the games with the vendors. They know how to maximize discounts. Mm -hmm. If they're truly in it for the customer, they can add a lot of value uh, just in kind of playing those games with, with those relationships and life cycle things, as you mentioned. Um, I think where most of the value comes from is if you're working with the right VAR, you know, being truly vendor neutral. Because if you go to Cisco, Cisco is your solution. If you go to Juniper, Juniper is your solution. And everybody has their own agenda. Uh, you know, even at a VAR, they're going to have their top uh, vendors that they work with, and they're going to have preferences. But it's still a step away from dealing right with the vendor. You know, I, I could tell you a situation recently. I had a customer; they needed wireless, and of course, they went to this vendor. And you need the the access point with the four by four and four spatial streams and M gig. Well, no, you don't. But that's what the vendor said. You need this is our flagship. And then I came in, you know, working for a reseller, and I said you don't need that at all. That's, that's ridiculous for your environment. You need this one. Um, or we have these other manufacturers over here. So just having that vendor neutral perspective, I think, can be helpful. And I think that goes to, am I pushing boxes or am I trying to solve a business problem for you? Yeah. And a proper VAR is fixing a business problem. And I think part, part of what we've always heard is, you know, when we, when we say reseller and we use the quoting fingers, we, we kind of have an idea of that. It's the, uh, the shady used car salesman <laughs> that's trying to push a box, and boy, we hope you get it installed before you realize that it doesn't do what you want. But what, Nick, you just described, the people who understand your business challenges, the people who get to know you, coming to Brian's office and kind of saying, here's some good solutions. You know, guys like Matt, who take the time to do the research, kind of they, they're more like a trusted partner, a trusted advisor. And that's a term that I used a lot because, full disclosure, I used to be a VAR. Um, I would go in and I would occasionally tell people, you may think you need this, but that's not what you really need. You do not need to have a gigantic VMAX when you are you know, storing pictures. This would work a whole lot better for you and be a whole lot cheaper. Now, my sales guys hated it because you just cost me a boat. But I also kept a customer that will come back to us and say, you were a good resource for me last time. So how do we transition from the used car salesman's trying to get boats to trusted advisors that provide real actual value? Where does the gap fall and how do we cross it? I think both of you guys said it right and you just kind of alluded to it of 
the account manager that's not trying to close the quick deal, right? He's in it for the long haul. You you save the customer, you know, you cost him money up front, but in the long run you've made him a ton of money because the customer continues to come back. So is that continues to come back. So is that being driven more by the morality and vision of the sales guy, or is it being driven more by the fact that if you don't hit your number this quarter, you're fired? Well, I think that's the question too, is how is the organization set up? That's a really good question because unfortunately, a lot of compensation packages, a lot of roles are based on hitting our number this quarter. And especially if you work for a very large VAR that has public shares or things like that, there are investors who are watching for your filing every 90 days and if the number looks off, somebody's getting a pink slip. So do we think that there is real value to add from a reseller? Do, are they all garbage, or is this more of a case of you're cherry-picking arguments in both places? I think it boils down to integrity, right? Building a relationship with somebody that you trust, and I think in my experience, it's easier to do that with a VAR because you've got a single point of contact or maybe multiple. You're working with multiple VARs, but within each VAR, you've got a single point of contact. You kind of get to know if they're just trying to upsell everything and, and meet their quota or if they're actually in it for the long haul and they want to do the right thing for your business. Whereas if you're dealing with, you know, let's say you've got two, three, four VARs that you buy from regularly, versus 50 different vendors, you're not going to be able to do that with every single company that you purchase from. So it's easier to have that, that broker, so to speak. Okay. Uh, I'd, I'd also suggest that, I mean, some of that is on the, on the customer as well. I mean, we, we have to be able to go to, a, go to that organization if you feel like you're being taken advantage of because this guy's got a number to meet. Well, I mean, you, you let him know, hey, this isn't going well. Talk to his boss. I mean, there's, there's some things that you can do to actually salvage that kind of a relationship, especially if that VAR does, does good work. But if you got a problem with that person, you can always you can always address it with that person. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. And if, if you start writing the ship that way, it, I think it uh, I think that that works for the long run to change to change a, a cultural issue where where people are either okay with being taken advantage of or someone is okay taking advantage of someone else. So I think this is a cultural. It is kind of a cultural issue that we, that needs to be addressed. It's got to be a company match. Yeah. Vars can Absolutely. fire customers just as much as customers can fire Vars. I mean, yep. it's it's just the way of it. Yeah. I'm so glad I got you on tape saying that. Because <laughs> I got so much trouble back in the day for <laughs> wanting to fire customers. But, but I think that that's absolutely right. And that's kind of the crux of the problem. Just like you can cherry pick every used car salesman you've ever hated, there are good used car salesmen out there. Tesla model doesn't work for everybody. You still want to have somebody who's trying to talk you out of buying that $80,000 pickup truck when you live in an apartment complex with really small parking lots because they want what's best for you. And yeah, most of the time, what's best for you is going to get them a check. But just like that, if you didn't do something that produced value, you wouldn't have a check either. So just like insurance agents and car salesmen and doctors and things like that, there's still an area in our service-based economy for people to kind of help you out because they know a little bit more about things than you do and maybe occasionally play a game of golf. That should just about do it for this episode of the On-Premise IT Roundtable. We want to thank you all very much for listening in today. Um, if you would like to see more episodes of this podcast, you can head over to our website, gestaltit.com slash podcast, where you can find episodes on a variety of topics. A lot of them involve dumpster fires. 
because uh, that's just the way IT is. Um, if you uh, want to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast application of choice, uh, that also helps us out. Uh, we're on iTunes. If you want to go over to iTunes and subscribe there, maybe even leave us a rating or a review. That helps a lot of other people find it and uh, debate the fun world of IT. So we will wrap it up here for our esteemed panelists. For myself, Tom Hollingsworth, and the rest of the Gestalt IT family, thank you all very much for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon. <laughs>